I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240cm dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie in a two-part special, the Indo Daily tells the story of Lisa Smith, from government jet to ISIS bride. A lot of people will ask how a woman from Dundalk who was a member of the Defence Forces could go on to become an ISIS bride. And while a lot of folks will be on the ISIS part, and rightly so, I think a key aspect of understanding Lisa Smith's motivations is to look at the bride part of her story. A lot of the women at the mosque who, who knew her say it was always about a man with Lisa. She was just one of those people who seemed to need a man by her side. And for her, the more powerful and devout, the better. Coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peak holiday season is upon us, but the idea of being able to relax and unwind is proving very stressful as Ireland and the world reboots after COVID-19. Getting away has been far from plain sailing for many, and don't mention the queues at Dublin Airport. Here in Ireland, it seems to have gone absolutely crazy. For a family of four, we're not travelling with one bag. Only thing available was a luxury car for $10,000. It was a massive backlog of 89,000 passports, and a massive influx of applications, first-time applications from people in, in the north um, as a result of, of, of Brexit. Fuel prices are going up, food is going up, car rental is costing a small fortune. If indeed you can get a car, nothing is simple. Car hire is becoming more expensive than your hotel or your flight. You're certainly going to think twice about it. So it will impact on where people go and people will probably tend to migrate towards the less, you know, the less popular destinations. It feels like we've gone from the frying pan to the fire. There's problems cascading around us. It's, we're finding passports out of date. We're finding prices rising in the school terms. Everywhere you look, things seem to be getting trickier and more expensive. Today on the Indo Daily, we take a look at the new hurdles facing travellers this summer. I'm Kevin Doyle, and joining me today are Irish independent travel editor Polo Canila and motoring journalist Geraldine Herbert. After two lockdowns, we're ready to go again and people want to break free. Speculation that families would slowly emerge from the COVID pandemic has been steamrolled by a demand for foreign holidays and new passports. Today, the Department of Foreign Affairs responded to the criticism in a statement. It says the passport office has received an unprecedented volume of applications. It says 5,000 new passports are issued every day. However, 40% are incomplete, which is causing major delays. 
This week alone, there's almost 200,000 people waiting for a passport in Ireland. It's a record number. Even after the Brexit fiasco that led many Britons to seek an Irish identity have been sorted out. The backlog is causing huge stress for families. One woman told the Irish Independent this week that she had to make 125 phone calls just to get through to a human in the passport office. Now, officials say it's not simply a question of volume. Apparently, four in ten of us are filling out our application forms wrong. The Taunishta, Leo Vragger, said if that is the figure, well, the problem must be with the forms and not the people filling them out. Yet, that commentary does little to help those who are panicked that they're going to miss their flights. And it comes after they've probably paid a fairly highly inflated price for that plane ticket. There is no escaping the cost of living crisis, even when you're trying to escape the real world for a week or two. Paula Canila, holidays are supposed to be easy. They are the break we take to get away from administration, from work, from stress, from hassle. And after two years for most people, the prospect of a holiday is amazing, but it's not that simple. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of gave us that bit of context because a year or two ago, Kev, we would have been, you know, we would have been desperate to have problems like these uh, when we weren't able to get beyond two Ks of our doorsteps. And now, so there is a certain sense of this being a, you know, a privileged problems to have. But let's move beyond that. And suddenly we find ourselves with, uh, you know, like it feels like we've gone from the frying pan to the fire. There's problems cascading around us. It's we're finding passports out of date. We're finding prices rising in the school terms. Um, everywhere you look, things seem to be getting trickier and more expensive. There are long lines at airports and so on. So, yes, it feels like on the one hand, we're having to learn how to travel all over again. And on the other, that there's price rise around every corner. It's tricky, that's for sure. Well, let's start with the airport since you mentioned that one. It has been a bad publicity time for Dublin Airport. People outrage videos coming out every other day of the long queues. Then you have the fight scene, uh, which made the headlines this week. Like, how are Dublin Airport dealing with this? Do, do they accept that things have gone badly wrong this summer so far? What Dublin Airport will say is that they had started their recruitment to ramp up back in October, but that no one had anticipated this level of demand returning. Yes, they knew that the airlines were going to load their summer schedules at the end of March, but what they didn't know and what there was kind of debate over was how many of those seats would be filled. And they have been caught short and they have put their hands up. They think that after the pandemic, we were all going to sit at home anyway by our free choice. (laughs) I would be surprised if they thought that. No, but they and in in fairness to them around the world, there was a huge kind of diversity of, of, of predictions and when travel would return. I had seen predictions from a coming back in 2023 right out to 2029, depending on how pessimistic you were. But, you, you you know, the seats were there, so I'm not letting them off the hook at all. That it is Certainly airports around the world are, are struggling to match the demand that we're experiencing. But you could have you could have forecasted it in, in an optimistic scenario. And that's where we find ourselves. And we've all seen those social media images 
We've seen queues stretching right outside the terminal, not just in Dublin, by the way. There are still, uh, you know, Amsterdam has asked airlines to cut their capacity by 10%. We've seen queues in Sydney. We've seen cars queuing right out the road on the approach to Toronto. We've seen passengers sleeping on the floor in airports in the UK. So it is a global issue, but that doesn't make it any easier for the punter who hasn't been overseas since 2018, 2019, showing up and having to queue for so long. Now, Dublin Airport will say it's making headway. Uh, it has been recruiting the security staff that it needs to, hand, to to shorten those security queues at a rate and that they are getting the queue times down and that we will see improvements over the summer. But as you've seen this week and other weeks on social media, there are still blips and there are still times when those queues are too long. A bit like the passport office, one of the excuses that we've heard from Dublin Airport is this idea that it's it's our fault. The the the, the traveller, the over enthusiastic traveller who's finding their feet again, forgets how to pack their bag. Is that real? <laughs> well, uh, there is a truth in that. I mean, let's be fair. If you haven't taken a flight since twenty nineteen, are you going to are you going to remember exactly the you know the hundred mil rule, where your laptop has to be, whether or not you have to take certain pair of shoes off, what to do with your belt? You might be anxious. It's the case that we're all learning how to do this again and some of us have forgotten the requirements. But no, we shouldn't be blamed for that. So where then, Paul, are all these people going? <laughs> well, what what the, the smart or the cynical ones might say is they're going out of Ireland, <laughs> which is where they have wanted to get since 2019. And we've seen a lot of griping about the prices of holidays in Ireland, too. But Kevin, I mean, breaking it down, basically, we're going exactly to the same places we would have wanted to go in 2019. Most people are going to Spain, uh, to the Canary Islands, to places like the Costa del Sol and Mallorca. After that, they're heading to Portugal to the beaches of the Algarve, to France. They might have uh, holiday homes or they might have uh, nice hotels and resorts booked there. They're going on a mix of packages and independent trips. Ryanair has actually got its busiest ever summer schedule operating out of Dublin at the moment. And we're also going back to the States, not quite in the same volume, but Aer Lingus is starting to bring back flights. It recently brought back uh, Los Angeles, for instance. Now, we're not quite back to the extent of options available to us then, but we're definitely... Revenge travel is definitely a thing. We're out and we're doing it. We're getting our revenge on the pandemic. Is there value there for it? I mean, we, we feel, it feels like everything costs multiples of what it did in 2019. Now, maybe that's because we hadn't been spending money. But if people are going to Spain, Portugal, France, are they getting similar prices to, to what they were? Or are they in for a shock? That's a good question. And look, the prices are up on peak season in 2019. There's no doubt about it. We've been reporting on that in the Irish Independent in multiple different ways. Uh, We had one report showing uh, package holiday prices in some areas were up about 16 percent on 2019. Michael O'Leary and Ryanair have said flight prices are up around 10 to 15 percent. But the September quarter at the moment, based on about 50% of forward bookings, we expect prices will be up a high single digit percent. It seems to us that there will be higher prices into that peak summer period because there's so much demand. 
We had a recent report in the paper that the average cost of a holiday for four people on a package for a week would be up maybe in the region of €600 Euro once you took into account the flights, the accommodation, the costs on the ground, the bags, all the rest of it. The other point to make, Kevin, as you know, and it's not a new thing, if you have the flexibility of being able to travel outside of those peak times, you'll save money. If you can go on your holidays in September, for example, you're golden, you're made. For the rest of us, if you can look in midweek, if you can look away from the billy, uh, the busy uh, early morning flight departure times, if you can save on your checked bags, you may be able to cut a little bit off the cost. Geraldine Herbert, motoring journalist with the Sunday Independent, car hire has become one of the big sticking points for people looking to go on holidays this year, both looking to come to Ireland and to go abroad. Let's start with Ireland. What is going on here? We're used to being ripped off, but the tourists seem a bit shocked. Yeah, so what we have at the moment, car rental prices are really high and they're high due to a shortage of cars available and a really sharp increase in demand. Now, the shortage goes back to the pandemic, which so many things in our life at the moment do. So in March 2020, the world went into lockdown and basically demand for flights, hotels and car rental collapsed. So car hire companies, in order to survive, they basically sold off most of their fleet. Now they're struggling to replenish those stocks because there's really long delays with new cars due to a global chip shortage. So they're having problems with this, with stock levels, but also demand is so high at the moment, Kevin, that it's likely even if there wasn't a shortage of cars, we probably would be still seeing some increase. We're just seeing a really, really big increase now due to that big spike in demand and lack of lack of supply. The story of one American who claims he was charged or was quoted €10,000 for three weeks for, a, a, an I think it was an estate car, so a big, biggish car. Is that standard or is that last minute panic buying type stuff like what what are we talking about here because for 10 grand you could go on Dundee and find yourself a decent car I know that's shocking and I actually saw somebody on Twitter go one better they had um they were they were quoted four and a half thousand for one week so I mean Twitter is full of these terrible terrible stories but I mean like book is that real though Geraldine because you know Twitter has a way of of making some of these things into is is that real yeah, I, I have to say I would wonder, Kevin, because I actually went on skyscanner.ie last week. Now, Skyscanner is one of these comparison websites that does flights, hotels and cars. And I managed to get just a random week in July. I got a polo for €743. Euros. I don't think that's particularly excessive in high season. But now, having said that, I had a look in Spain as well and you get a similarly sized car, I say at Ibiza for 200, I think it was 260. And I had a look in, say, Manchester and it was 500 and something. So there's no doubt, you know, there are better deals than what are being quoted at the moment. But in our Ireland, we are paying higher prices than the rest of Europe. Well, most Irish people who are planning their holidays, if, if they're in Ireland, they're, they're unlikely, I suppose, to be, be renting a car. We're more likely to be looking at those costs in France, in Spain, in Portugal. What is going on there? Well, they're impacted by the very same thing because they still have they have this global chip shortage that they're coping with as well, which means their car rental companies in Europe also sold off stocks as well. And they're struggling because the problem with this delay with this is a global delay with the with new cars. It's not just impacting Ireland. And the thing is, Kevin, this is going to continue for the for the foreseeable future anyway. So if you're even thinking about booking in 2023, car hire is going to be an issue then. So I would say book as early as you can. So you don't see this as a blip in the the world opened up and we all went mad travelling again and the industry just wasn't ready for it. You think this is going to be a longer term problem? 
Yeah, look, I think the, the, the supply issue is going to be resolved and it won't be as acute as it is at the moment. But in terms of the rental car market, depending on the new car supply, new car supply is not likely to improve, certainly not this year. And there's talk of it still going into the first quarter of next year. So that's going to have continue to have an impact on car rental prices. Will it ultimately impact on people's destinations? Will they make decisions to try and go all inclusive or to, to go to resorts perhaps where they don't need to be doing big day trips or, or, or moving around? Yeah, I'd imagine it will because, I mean, if car hire is becoming more expensive than your hotel or your flight, you're certainly going to think twice about it. So it will impact on where people, as you say, go. And people will probably tend to migrate towards the less, you know, the less popular destinations because of that. So it'll be interesting to see what impact it has on choices. But definitely people... It will make people think twice. And what about taking your own car, Geraldine? Is that a good idea? Is that an alternative or will that work out just as expensive? It depends, really. I mean, that you're restricted to ferries then, so that restricts where you can actually go. A lot of people as well, if you've small children, you don't want to be doing a huge amount of driving in a car. And also you're driving on the opposite side of the road, remember. So, you know, it depends how confident a driver you are. Not everybody wants to take that on. And for a lot of people, a holiday is not, you know, a driving holiday. Let me ask you this, Paul, because you travel week in, week out, uh, not normally with your family, to be fair, but where when you actually are not traveling for work, (laughs) where are you going to go this summer? Are you taking your kids abroad? (laughs) I am. And I'm the guy that you would expect to have had this sorted last year. Yeah, I'm assuming you have all the answers. And that's why I'm asking you what you're doing so that listeners can just copy whatever you've decided. Exactly. Yes, and, and I I would love to be able to say there is this one secret villa on this special island that you can get to for 99 euro, but I'm afraid I don't have a silver bullet. What I was doing, and I think I think people might empathise with this, we were looking at blowing uh, some savings and uh, on a treat, on, on a package for a week to a nice hotel by the beach in the Canaries where we could walk across the road to the sands. There was a lovely pool. There was there was a great buffet and all the rest. But Kev, the price we were looking at, uh, you could have done up your bathroom for. It was just it was it was it was just so high that we balked at the last minute. And I said, we said, we're not going to spend this much money this year because we're paying an absolute premium in peak season. What I'm going to do is look at 2023 at the smartest time to book a holiday which is in August, September, October. That's when the brochures come out. You have the early pick. You have several months to spread out your payments and the flights are going to be at the most affordable they can be. At the moment, they're at their most expensive. So we've parked the big holiday for next year, but we are going away. And the way I did it was this. I looked away from the south of Spain and we looked to the north of Spain. Our daughter is is learning Spanish in school, so we said Spain would be a good place to go. We're going to go for a week. We're going to go to a city that's not that popular, where we're going on midweek flights, leaving on a Wednesday, coming back on a Wednesday. We're not buying car hire. We're going to rent an apartment in the in the town and we're going to uh, have some meals in the apartment and we're going to have some meals out. And it's still going to cost us a lot of money, but it's half the price of what we were looking at. So that's what we're doing. What about staycations, Paul? For the last two years, there was a bit of a buzz actually around. I got, went on a few trips within Ireland myself. We had the old debate over value for money. But in general, I think a lot of people rediscovered Ireland. Our staycations still on the menu this year or have they evaporated now because we have the Americans and their dollars back? 
I know they're still on the menu and you're right in that they're, they're, a lot of people are heading overseas and taking this chance to head overseas. But remember, some a lot of people don't just take one trip. They might take a weekend break. They might take a night away in Ireland as well as doing a week in the sun if, if they're lucky enough to be in that position. And um, we are... The overseas visitor is returning, but they're nowhere near the volume that they would have been in 2019. So we do still have to see how the ledger kind of balances out on that. But let me tell you, the prices are going up, Kevin. Um, if you're looking at the, the stories that have been out about hotel rates, you're looking at car hire, you're looking at the pressures that, that businesses like restaurants are under in terms of staffing, in terms of energy, in terms of the cost of food going up and all of that. So I don't know exactly by how much of a percentage more you'll pay this year, but I'm confident in saying you'll pay more to holiday at home in Ireland. That's for sure. But when you weigh it up, Paul, and I've, I've, I've looked at this, like I say, taking a week in Cork in a nice hotel you're losing, you're probably losing car hire if you have a car already or maybe you take the train, whatever. Um, you're not doing flights, but it probably still works out at more or less the same price as going to Spain. If you do like for like, it may well do. But oftentimes when we come down to these chats and they flare up on social media, it's not like for like someone will pick a last minute five star rate in Killarney and say, look at this outrageous Irish hotels. But if you do book in advance, if you if you factor in the fact that, you you know, you're you're not taking the bags uh, on the plane, you don't have to pay for the flights. If you book a self-catering um, setup where you don't have to eat out every day, it can be done. You know, there are there are self-catering houses available in Ireland, uh, particularly for the last week in August and for the month of June for set for, you know, six, seven, eight hundred euro that will sleep a family of four fairly comfortably in a holiday village style setup. So I don't believe that everything is completely gone exploded and, and and it's undoable to holiday at a, at a value you know for value for money in Ireland this year but you definitely have to work at it there's no doubt about that and just lastly then Paul you talked there about Covid and the unknown and restrictions do people still we've become used to it at home I think now you masks don't really exist anymore there's no restrictions you don't hear of that many people with Covid are other countries where Irish people are going this summer? I know you, you did a piece and there was quite a, a good uh, outline on independent.ie of a lot of the different key countries that we're going to. But is there anywhere people should be watching that if you are going there, you need to be wary, you could end up in a quarantine or there are strict rules or fines still in place or, or restrictions on going out or whatever? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. The best piece of advice is to to check your individual destination before you go. The the airlines and package tour operators are, uh, and travel agents are fairly good at letting you know on this. But if you're booking independently, the reopen.europa.eu website is still very good. Um, you have to bear in mind, so places like Spain are, are still, you either, you need to have your COVID search showing your vaccination, your proof of recovery or your, your recent test or you can fill out the health control form and do it that way. You can go if you're unvaccinated, but you need to be aware that that's what you have to do to line up the dots. Also, countries like Spain, like Italy, you will still need to wear masks on public transport, which means you still need to wear them on the plane. Um, but I find, I think people are ha- most people are happy enough to wear the masks on the plane. And if you just pop three or four masks into your backpack anyway, you're kind of prepared for those little surprises. It's not as if you're in a scenario where you're, you, you know, you're going to... 
be taken off a plane or you're going to be fined or anything. I've been on flights where the, the, the cabin crew are just really nice about it. They'll come around and give you a mask if you don't have one. But the, the golden rule is to check your destination, particularly for places, uh, let's say the States, still an outlier. And this has been the case for so long now. You not only must be fully vaccinated, but you have to have a negative test result taken within the 24 hours of travel, which in this day and age, given how much everything is loosened up, sounds really, really strict. But I don't have word on that changing imminently, though people would expect it to over summer. But remember, the, the COVID rates are on the rise in the US, so it's not the same everywhere. That was Irish Independent travel editor Paul O'Connor, and my thanks also to motoring journalist Geraldine Herbert. I'm Kevin Doyle, and this episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Tabitha Monaghan and sound by Gavin Hennessy. The archive clips were from Virgin Media News, Clareburn Live, and the RTE Six One News. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Listener.